How's it going, everybody? My name is Adam. And I'm Erica. We are so excited to be here with you today. Absolutely, at RCC at Home. Right, if you're new here and want to get connected, go to rccsunday.com and fill out a red card. This is your way to stay connected to us as a staff. If you have any prayer requests or you want to sign up to get Mike's personal note that he sends out every week, go there and give us your information. Absolutely. His personal note, get updates on COVID and when we're going to resume in-person services and all that kind of stuff. So stay connected. Also, kudos to you guys for being the church. We have an awesome celebration this week. Yes, thank you. We have a blood drive planned for this Monday. And it's full, so there are no spots available, and we are just super, super appreciative that our church steps up like this and is able to save lives. Yeah, you guys are awesome. So I'm super excited to worship with you guys today. We're going to go into a worship song right now. I know it's a little different. When we're in person, we, we ask you to sing and connect with the Holy Spirit that way, and you can definitely do that at home. Um, but it might be a little weird for you, like sitting in front of your computer and experiencing the worship that way. So what I'd really ask for you to do is use this time to reflect. Use it as kind of a prayer time. Um, meditate on the words that, that you feel free to sing along if you want to, too. And also just know that there are hundreds of people at RCC watching along with you and engaging with the worship. Yeah, we're all in this together. Have a great day. Hey, RCC family. Welcome to RCC at Home. Let's start with a story. There are these two men, both part of this ancient kingdom. And the first of the two men, he, he has a type that anticipates and positions himself for promotions and praise. And he especially does this with a king. He's worked the system to get ahead. He knows how to manipulate a situation for his benefit. The second person, he, he's a foreigner. He's from a nation that, that was actually ripped from its homeland. He's honorable. He's upright. He's, he's uncompromising in his values. Now, this honorable man, even though he's a, a foreigner and, and, work, and, and has been there with this nation from a different place, he has, is working at the temple gate. He's a guard there at the temple gate. And while he's there, he actually catches wind of a plot to kill the king. Now, he, he, catches plot, uh, he catches wind of this, and so he informs the king. And the conspirators are caught and killed, and it saves the king's life. He doesn't get anything in return for this in the moment, and it was just, it was just the right thing to do. Now contrast this with our other individual, the first man, the one that decides to position himself for promotions and perks and, and these sorts of things. Well, he had just gotten another promotion. And the perk of this promotion was this. He was to walk around and, and wherever he went, everywhere he went, people were to bow before him. And so everybody bowed as he would walk around and he was so happy with himself. But there's one person, you might have guessed it, our, our upright man, who decides not to bow. He won't bow before this person. Scholars say it was because of the faith that he had. It forbid him from bowing before a human, and he wasn't going to compromise that. As you might imagine, this makes our schemer and our manipulator, it makes him outraged. He's upset about it. If you recognize this story at all, that's because it's actually a story that's straight out of the Bible. It comes right from the book of Esther, and it, it gets even more drama-filled from there. Haman, who all, um, who all were to bow before, he decides he'll not only kill Mordecai, who's our upright man, but he'd kill all of the Jews, all of the Jewish nation that he represented, so he hatches this plan. I tell you that story, and we'll finish it in just a bit, because, because today we continue our mask series by talking about the people-pleaser mask. My name is Sam. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're going to get into right now what the people-pleaser mask is. What is it? 
The people-pleasing mask is the mask we wear when we decide satisfying other people's needs and wants is our best path toward happiness and or success. Why, you might ask, is this mask so dangerous? I mean, it feels so innocent. You're just helping people, right? Helping people, doing what they ask of you. Sometimes you're, you're doing what they don't ask of you because you're trying to win them over, which, which maybe starts to get at it. This mask, it is actually dangerous for so many reasons. And, and here are three of them. The first is this. It makes an idol out of people. When you bow to another person's will, whims, and desires, and you make that person out to be the ruler of, of how you live your life, you're no longer worshiping God. You're placing all of your trust and all of your hope and all of your aspirations in the approval of that person. The first reason this mask is so dangerous is because it makes an idol out of people. The second reason that it makes it so dangerous is this. It, it actually violates the Imago Dei. The Imago what? <laughs> the Imago what? The Imago Dei is actually a Latin word, or a Latin term for the image of God. And it comes straight out of the scripture. It's right out of Genesis, Genesis 1.27. It says this, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God has placed within us, within you and within me, his image. We're capable of compassion because God is compassionate. We're capable of creativity because God is, is immensely creative. We're capable of love because God is loving. When we choose to live up to the standards of other humans rather than the inspired life that God calls us to, we are doing literal harm to the image of God that, was, that has been placed within us. We're not living up to it. When you people please, you allow your God-given gifts, your, your God-inspired dreams, your God-instilled hopes, the Imago Dei, the image of God in you to fade because these things become less important than getting approval from that particular person. That's the second reason this mask is so dangerous. The third reason is this. It's a form of manipulation incapable of inspiring genuine affection or love. Now, I know that right now you're, you're maybe feeling a little nervous. You're thinking to yourself, but, 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 but what about loving other people? Isn't that how I'm supposed to live? I'm, I'm supposed to love people, right? I know. I love the exact same thing. I'm a recovering people pleaser myself, but, but I need you to hear this. I need you to hear it clearly. I need you to hear it loud. Hear it, and I need you to let it sink in. People pleasing and people loving are two different things. People loving is done without expectation. It's to do a, a kind thing for someone without expecting anything in return. When we people please, we're looking for approval. We're expecting something in return. People pleasing operates under the guise that if I do X for you, you'll do Y for me. It, it becomes contractual, tit for tat. That's not love. So don't confuse the two. Over the years, uh, I've purchased flowers for my wife on a number of occasions. It's, it's a fun thing, right? It's a good thing. And, and I've realized that there are two types of flowers husbands buy their wives. There's flowers that say, I love you. I care about you. You know what? I was thinking about you and I got you these flowers. And then there are the flowers that are asking for something in return, like forgiveness or some other things maybe. Wives have a way of always knowing which flowers are which. 
Kind of like getting someone flowers, hoping to get something in return. People-pleasing rarely starts as manipulation, but it can quickly get there. When we look at Haman in our story, we're looking at the end result of people-pleasing gone way wrong. Haman doesn't just people-please. He selfishly manipulates. He weaponizes people-pleasing. He says and does whatever can get him what he wants. He'll kiss whatever tushy he needs to to get his way. That's people-pleasing gone off the deep end. Now, the Apostle Paul, he, he talks about people-pleasing this way. He's, he himself is unwilling to compromise when it comes to pleasing people versus, versus pleasing and following God. He says this in Galatians 1.11. He says, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If people-pleasing were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. The people-pleasing mask is a dangerous mask to wear. Yet, yet it feels right sometimes. Because this is how the world works. And the world has worked this way for a long time. But it's a broken system, and, and we know it. We know it when our marriages sometimes fill up with resentment because of an excess of expectations. We know it when our family ties get strained because someone asked too much of somebody else and the other person never said anything. Or our friendships feel taken advantage of. You know it when you feel like you're saying yes to everyone and feel completely depleted but incapable of saying no. You know it when deep down you feel like that person's approval matters more to you than anything else. We know there has to be a different and better way. There is. And God shows us what it is. It's, it's called grace. The Hebrew word for grace is chen. you got to like really get up there in the back of your throat. Chen. It literally means favor. It's to find favor in someone's eyes. It's like, it's like being in a judge's courtroom, right? You, you go in there and you present your case, and then eventually, uh, hopefully, the judge rules in your favor. You find chen with the judge. It's an extension of grace, an extension of favor. That's chen. Which brings us squarely back into the Esther story. You see, Mordecai had a secret weapon his niece, Esther, she had become the queen. She had found favor in the king's eyes. She had found chen in the king's eyes. So, so Mordecai asks Esther to plead with the king on the Jewish nation's behalf. And at first, she refuses. She hadn't appeared before the king in months. And, and if, you appear the, if you appear before the king, before you're, you're summoned, you could actually face death unless the king extends his scepter towards you to, to save you and pardon you. But Mordecai, he responds with this. He, he kind of puts her in a spot in the spot and he says, If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives, they're going to die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. So... After some thought, Esther agrees. She and her maids, they, they fast, they ask Mordecai to fast, and, and she ends up appearing before the king. So she walks before him, and he does extend his scepter. He accepts her, and he's happy to see her. 
and she asks for him to attend a banquet with her. And at that banquet, she plans to ask him and, and to talk about it. And honestly, you should just go read the story. It's, it's riveting. It's the most amazing story. It's so packed with action. It would keep you on the edge of your seat. But to make a long story short, the, the king, he finds favor. He finds Chen with Esther and Mordecai. Haman, he finds himself, he's manipulated one too many times, and he finds himself impaled on a pole that he had set up for Mordecai. And the king, he gives the power to Esther and to Mordecai to save the entire Jewish nation. The whole thing feels like this incredible miracle. Now, what does that have to do with our people-pleasing mask? I mean, first, it's a warning. People-pleasing at its worst is straight-up manipulation. Enough manipulation and, and scheming, and it'll come back to get you. And, and, and uh, Haman went off the deep end with that. But second, there's another thing. Doing things for the right reasons matters. Having the right motivation matters. Mordecai and Esther had lived in upright ways. Mordecai especially hadn't been living for the approval of others. He even refused to bow to Haman because of his faith. He wasn't in the mood for people-pleasing. But more than those two things, what Esther accomplishes offers us this, this incredible image, this incredible picture. Think about it. Esther puts her life at risk to earn favor from the king on behalf of an entire nation. And she gains it. And then she then extends it freely to her people. What's this a picture of? What does this remind you of? What does this make you think of? It's a picture of Jesus. Jesus gave up his life so that he could be our perfect representative before God. So, chen, grace, favor could be extended freely to each and every one of us. Esther used her favor to save the Jewish nation. Jesus used his favor to save you and me. In, uh, in Romans, uh, the Apostle Paul is talking about this. And in the ESV version of it, I like how it puts it. He says this, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? who indeed is interceding for us. Now that's a kind of fancier word, right? Interceding. And if you look at what the meaning of it is, it really means intervening on someone's behalf. Jesus is the perfect one who God the Father favors. And Jesus extends that favor to us. He lives this perfect life all the way to the cross. He carries our sins and our weights. And because he does so, as he's resurrected, as he's with God the Father, he earns that favor for us and extends it to every last one of us as this free gift. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians. He says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Jesus' perfect life extended this free gift of grace to all of us. The world, the world people pleases with strings attached. God loves without strings. 
We constantly say yes to people's requests just so we'll be approved of. God says, you can't earn my approval. I've already given it to you. Jesus offers it to you as a gift, a free gift. We are most like God. We are, we're most like Jesus when we choose to love people instead of people please. You see, not people pleasing doesn't mean living selfishly. It means living with self-respect as a person made in God's image. It means saying no more often because you're already busy moving toward the thing that God's called you to do. It means not living contractually, as if keeping score was ever a healthy mindset for marriage or friendship. It means asking yourself honestly, what's your motivation in this moment? Why are you doing this thing? And then either shifting your motivation or not doing that thing if you're expecting approval or favor or some other thing in return. God, he, he went, or excuse me, Jesus, he went to the cross he entered the grave. He, he beat death and he rose again. He did this to provide and extend hen, favor, grace, all of it undeserved to you and me, to, to all of us. We can accept it or we can ignore it. Choice is ours. It's, it's free. If we accept it, we enter a new, healthier way of living life, one that extends into eternity with God and God's kingdom, a way of living where we acknowledge our calling as people made in God's image, people that are creative like God has created, people that are kind and compassionate and loving like God is, people that are called, people called to live in a higher way, extending love without the need for approval or scorekeeping, people called to live with purpose, free yourself. Free yourself, accept Hen from God, then give it away. Respect yourself and the image of God in you and the image of God in others too. Let's take off this people-pleasing mask together and let's put on this new self that God invites us into. In 2 Corinthians, Paul describes this new self. He says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Let's live that way. Let's, let's live like we are new. Let's accept that hen, that grace, that forgiveness, that new life that God offers to us. And knowing that it's this free gift... Instead of feeling like we need to earn approval from other people by what we do, let's give it away like it was given to us. Let's live that way as these new people that don't need the approval of others but know we already have it from God himself. And speaking of living that new way, um, I'm excited. We've been putting out these, these Live It challenges every week for the past number of weeks. And this week, Pastor Erica will be sharing it this week. So, so look for that email if you signed up. Look for it on social media, or you can sign up as well if you want to at rccsunday.com. And then you can continue to bring this into your week. But let's live this way, not trying to get approval from other people, but to live for God and to be free in the way that we live for others. Loving, not people-pleasing. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we are so grateful for the way that you love us in a free way a way that we don't have to earn. 
Sometimes we feel like we have to earn other people's approval or, or manipulate our way into whatever future we want. But God, you show us a different way. You show us a way where people-pleasing isn't the thing. It's, it's people-loving. And we don't have to try and earn approval because we already have it from you. Help us to know it deep at our core. Help us to live like it. Help us to know our, our motivation for things and, and help you to enter into those situations and make our motivation right in a way that's freeing, in a way that helps us to live how you teach us and guide us to live. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says that God loves a cheerful giver. And you need to know that when you give here at RCC, you're not only honoring God with your finances, but you're supporting the mission and ministries of this church. And there's a couple different ways you can give. You can give online. You can go to rccsunday.com. There's a giving platform on there that's super easy to use, super user-friendly. You just click on the icon and you can give using a credit card or a bank statement. You can set up a reoccurring gift or just do it once, uh, one time. And another thing you can do is a lot of people like to give uh, by f giving a physical check in an envelope. If you want to do that to us, totally fine. Our address is 155 State Street. We have a little mail slot on one of the doors that you can put it in. Uh, it's the door that's on the lower level that faces State Street, Fond du Lac Street. Uh, and that's what you can do too. So uh, love you guys. Can't wait to see you soon. Um, have a great week. See you next Sunday.